0: Well, hey there, amazing human, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four- and five-figure months, and then on to six- and seven-plus-figure years without burning out in the process. Today is an episode that should have happened in the first three months of my podcasting life. With the business and life conversations podcast however it's taken almost three years to have this topic on the podcast a topic that is super close to me because it's one of the fundamental elements businesses should have in place when starting out in their businesses it's imperative imperative and imperative and something i speak so often about with my own paid clients a topic that just goes unnoticed when we're in those infancy stages growth stage and even uh, scale stage because We're looking at where's the next dollar coming in or we're building our team, whatever. However, the sooner you have this piece in place, the sooner you don't have to depend on other platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, et cetera, to have a sustainable business. The topic I'm talking about is SEO, otherwise known as search engine optimization. All I can say is if you run a business, seriously, 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 you need to listen to this episode. SEO is super important you getting that SEO is super important. And today I bring on the amazing Carl, who is not only a wonderful friend of mine, but also someone who has been doing my own SEO for many, many years and getting on average on any given month, my traffic from SEO search engine optimization ranges from anywhere from 42% of my traffic to up to 55% of my traffic over the last couple of months. He's an absolute legend in this space. So sit back because it's an episode talking about what is SEO? What are the benefits of SEO? We also talk about the different types of SEO, if SEO is right for all businesses, and so much more. Seriously, do not miss this amazing episode. But before we get started on this episode, this episode is sponsored by my $8 a day, 12-month accelerator program called Coaching Profit Pillars, where I show you how to transform your business so that you can make more money, hell yes to four and five-figure months, reach more people, have more time to enjoy with your family and friends, and put an end to burnout for good. This program is specifically for women in business who are on their way to hitting their first five-figure months. They might have a business idea or they already have their business up and running and making some money, but they know they could be making so much more if they knew what to be focusing on. Profit Pillars is a hybrid model, meaning I bring one-on-one, group coaching, guest experts, monthly mindset coaches, et cetera, into profit pillars. When you work with me in this 12 month accelerator, you get 12 monthly goal setting, live goal setting sessions. You get 12 monthly workshops with guest experts. You get fortnightly hot seat calls. You get 12 monthly office hours. You get year round access to my business vault. You get 12 month access to our private VIP Facebook group. You get some one on one strategy time. You also get access to other guest experts and mentors. I've got 10 of them in my program that you can also access. You get monthly mindset coaching all for $8 a day, $8 a day to move your business forward to get the Clarity you need, the support you need, and the strategy you need to grow that sustainable and profitable business. If you'd like to know more about how you can join Profit Pillars for $8 a day, make sure you head to angelahenderson.com.au and click on the services tab and then coaching programs so you have the full understanding of what Profit Pillars is all about. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up at info at angelahenderson.com.au. Now let's get into this epic SEO episode. Welcome to the show, Carl. Hey, how are you, inch I'm good. Now, can we just say holy shit, Batman? Can you believe that this is finally happening?
1: <laughs> how many how many years has it has it been going and um Yeah, I mean,
0: we're about to hit the three-year mark where I've been podcasting every week, one episode for three years, and it's finally happening. Like I said, we have been planning on having you on the podcast now for like ever, and just our schedules. And then there was one time when you were going to come on, but then I think you were due to go traveling to Thailand. So I'm pumped to have you here today because you know I'm a massive fan, massive underline bold italicized of SEO. And those that work with me in a paid capacity know the power of SEO because it's one of the first things I talk to them about when they start working with me. But I also equally not only want those listeners out there who aren't working with me to understand the power of SEO and how they can start to integrate this into their own business strategy because there's a lot of things changing in the world with media outlets, costs of ads and things like that and how SEO could be doing some of the heavy lifting for people. So yes, I can't believe that it's taken 151 episodes to get you here, but we are here and I'm so excited to talk to you about SEO today. But before we get started, I always like to ask my guests a fun question before we jump into everything, because it's important that they get to know a little bit about you. So my question for you, my friend, is I know how much you love to travel. I equally know how much you love to rock and roll at concerts and drink beer to the finest. Um, I mean, one night you did ditch me in Melbourne because you had a Concert to go to, so I'd love for you to share with the audience your all-time favorite concert you attended and why.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. I, I think I've been to probably over a hundred of them. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I guess I would say the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, just I went and saw them a big day out years ago, and just because they're they're my favorite band in the world, and you know just to be standing in front of a band and I got up pretty close, but um, yeah, to be standing in front of a band that I love so much was pretty, um, pretty crazy. So yeah, that would be my, my favorite.
0: Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I feel like now's the opportunity to give a dig back that is really showing your age, Carl. I mean, I don't know how many times <laughs> I've heard you say that to me and we're, I think we're 10 years difference in age. You always say, Oh, you're getting old Ange. I'm like, Oh, look who's talking now. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, that is back in the day, old school, Carl. So Amen. I'd yes, like to say can... you've a You've officially hit the old age compartment now today, Carl. So yeah. I'm actually smiling from ear to ear knowing I can now throw this back in your face.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, I think I must have been oh, maybe 25, 24 when we first started working together. 25. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, right. I am starting to, to get on a little bit now. <laughs> and show your colors now
0: yeah. most of my audience carl like i said my paid audience would know about you because i rave about you all the time but my i would assume that most of the listeners out here don't know a lot about the amazing carl seo website and ninja so i'd love for you to tell us just a really quick overview about where you started your entrepreneurial journey and what you're up to now
1: oh um so basically i started at university so i went and did a business degree um and made it an entrepreneurship. And I was always, you know, I went there and there's all these other people around me that were doing the same degree, but they were talking about going out and getting jobs and stuff like that. But I was like, no, I I want to get straight into it. Um, And so I started building a little website, which funnily enough was for entrepreneur advice and small business advice. Um, Everything that I was talking about on there was... Basically, just what I was learning at uni, so it was all theory and no no practice but yeah. um, but that was kind of where I, I started to learn about building websites and learned about s e o um and then, yeah, that kind of just kicked things off, and then someone said to me, uh, "Can you build me a website and so so I did, and yeah, then the next minute, I was building every time Dick and Harry website and um, <laughs> starting to do SEO for people. And, you know, all right, time to uh, just give it a go and go full time in it, um, which was a, a pretty tough decision when I'd just bought a, a house at 23 and, um, uh, yes, yeah, so a couple of investment properties. So it was um, a lot of expenses and not much income, which mm-hmm. was which was pretty tough, but that's where it all started
0: It all started. And now what are you doing today? So you obviously started with the entrepreneurial advice earlier on. You started Mm -hmm. building websites. You still continue to build some of the best conversional websites. And that would be a podcast for a whole nother day because I'm very big about equally having a converting website, not a website that looks pretty. I give two fucks if the website looks pretty. I want websites that convert. But you're doing websites, but now you're also uh, an SEO strategist.
1: Yep. Yeah. So we've got um, both. Obviously, both of those really work well together. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have been doing sort of SEO from the start, but only and only taking on a few clients because there was only so much I could handle while building, um, every, you know, building all these websites. But then we started to build a team and um, take on more and more clients, and I've actually got my partner has joined me in the business and she's now managing the the SEO clients and doing a bloody amazing job. Yes, she is. Um, Yeah. So,
0: yeah, so again, pretty big... Like you said, 23, you start the journey. Now, again, we won't go into age, but you're getting (laughs) mighty old, my friend, and we're here. So SEO, I just really wanna start off by saying to the audience that SEO is pretty much a fucking beast. We could be here, Carl and I, for eight hours and we're gonna barely touch what we need to touch upon. So today is we will jam pack as much as we can, but today I really just want those out there who don't know much about SEO, or maybe you have SEO and you think you have SEO, you know, Carl, when he first, when I first met Carl, he actually was looking at my e business and he's like, you do know that your SEO people are just taking about $1,500 a month and not actually doing anything, right? And so for me, this is about you giving Carl, the audience, an understanding about SEO so that they have that better foundational element about the concept of it. My lesson that I learned earlier on is that in business, you need to know all aspects of your business. You don't need to know how to, you don't need to be doing the doing but you need to be able to call someone out that if they're doing your SEO strategy, that you're able to actually understand the strategy that they have in place, but equally be able to look at the back end and ensure that they're doing what they say they're doing. So today is really just, like I said in the title of this podcast, SEO one-on-one, giving you the very bare minimums about what you need to start understanding because it is a topic that is is quite complex. So let's start off with that, Carl. Can you define to the audience what is SEO?
1: All right. So, yeah. So, obviously, it stands for search engine optimization, which um, not everyone might know, but basically, it's what we call the art of increasing the quality and the quantity of website traffic through um, non page search engine results. So, a lot of people kind of think of SEO of just, you know, getting as much traffic to the website as possible. Um, but we're all about getting buying traffic to the website. So, um, people that are actually going to take action and buy your products, or your, you know, sign up for your course, or um, inquire about your services. So it's pretty important to to get a real good understanding of not just what people are searching for, but why they're searching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess to sort of use an example of how SEO works, like so, say you're selling coffee beans, and this thousands of people searching for buy coffee beans online each month. You obviously want to be the first website they see. So those people are going to your website and buying your coffee beans, not your competitors. Um, But yeah, essentially we do SEO to put more money in your pocket and grow your business, get you more exposure for your brand. um, And basically it, it sort of allows you to get in front of people who have never heard of you, but are looking for what you sell. Um, And I mean, you know, we've had results like taking people for, you know, with monthly sales from 7,000 per month to 45,000 a month in a couple of years um, for a company that sells casting and moulding materials, $0 a month to 10,000 per month in a year for a skincare brand. Um, So you can start to sort of see how powerful it can be if it's done right. Um, And, you know, obviously, if you're the right sort of you're targeting the right people where it's you know where they're looking for what you're selling
0: also just I mean the importance of SEO is the analogy that I always use is people are in the underwear scrolling Facebook and there's you see thousands of different posts per day as you scroll from family members to things in Facebook groups to ads etc And you really have to have some what I call disruptive marketing. You really have to have a Facebook ad that's going to make people stop the scroll. And you also not only need to get them to stop the scroll while they're watching Netflix, have their toddler screaming in the background. They might be on a conversation with their partner and they're scrolling. Because let's be honest, we all are multitasking for most part of the way the world works, unfortunately. All right. And so SEO is one of those things that when people actually go to Google, they are in that much pain or that much need for finding whatever it is that you potentially have to offer, that you have the power to be in front of them right off the bat on that page one scenario if you choose to put in an SEO strategy. But in addition to that, they're more likely to then convert because they're going there because they want to go there versus them sitting on there and you just they may or may not want what you have on Facebook that night. The example that I use is when my brother unfortunately passed away a few years ago is that he like when I when when I went looking I didn't go onto Facebook to look for a plane ticket. No. I went to Google, my credit card was already out and I needed to find the cheapest route at that stage because there's no point trying to get home the quickest route because he'd already passed. But yeah. I like they already pretty much had my sale, Carl. I just had to find the right route, relatively inexpensive, um, and pay them the money. So SEO is a different way to market to people because, again, they're in that much pain, they need you and they want your solution. Is, is that an accurate reflection?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. So yeah. That's it, like, that's the thing that we love the most about SEO is that it really is people that are actually searching um for you, like they're actively looking for what you've got to sell. So you're not kind of just having to force it upon them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, well, it does the selling for you because they're the ones yeah. looking, right? Yeah. Now as we mentioned earlier on, is that there are so many different layers to SEO. There's like people, I think, that it's just like a one-dimensional. Well, actually, it's like 952 dimensions of SEO. But for today, we're going to try and keep it as simple as possible. But can you explain these different levels and how they work together?
1: Yeah, um, I guess, yeah, we'll try and condense those 900 different <laughs> factors into, into three main factors um, that Google looks at when they're deciding which pages to rank first. So. Yes, those are relevance, authority, and user experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the SEO is, is about basically giving Google what they want, which in you know in general is also what your customers want. So the, the first one is relevant. So they obviously Google wants to display content that's relevant to the keyword that people search for. So if somebody searches Google for coffee beans and um, they expect to find pages about coffee beans, not cats. Um so, to, you know, to make sure that Google knows that your content is relevant, it's probably a good idea to use the keyword that they're searching for in the copy at least a couple of times. So places like the main headings, subheadings, inside the content, um, SEO titles, and we can go into lots of different details about how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also got to keep it natural because it's got to read well for users as well as for Google. mm mm-hmm. Um, and google's actually getting a lot smarter at working out how relevant your page is to the user so in the in the olden days back when i was um, back when i was young and things were, <laughs> things were pretty new google was basically like you could just stuff your pages with keywords um, and, and put it in there a bunch of times even if the page had no other relevance it would still rank but google obviously doesn't want that so they've got smarter and smarter at working out what the page is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we also need to look at like what other words Google associates with that keyword, so words that, I guess, are topically relevant. So if people are searching for coffee, Google might expect you to, to also mention words like beans and grind, caffeine, roast, you know, things that are, that are relevant to it. Um, you want to make sure that you're talking about those things on the page. Uh-huh. And so obviously that's because that's what the user would expect as well. So Google's all about trying to, to provide the user with the best experience. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's a, there's a whole lot of like research that you've got to do to really understand what Google expects to see on the page, not just those specific keywords. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, you've got to all, always make sure that you're focusing on keeping your content natural and make sure you you know never losing the, the conversion um in that copy like there's no point getting thousands of people to your site um if they're not actually going to buy from you so you've got to make sure that it sounds you know reads well as well um and so yeah that's also called on-page optimization and that's what yeah, i guess a lot of people have pro- probably heard a bit about that's just really making sure that the the content on the page is, is answering the user's search. And point. when Carl
0: says content on the page, he's also really, that's about the content on your website. And for those of you that, again, just because I understand and Carl understands it is the content could be like a blog article, for example, and the relevancy that's on that you're writing there. It could be your homepage copy. It could be your product descriptions, correct, Carl? So it could be a variety of those things that need to be on, on the website, correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I guess there's always like um the, the actual page that you want to rank um first and foremost, like obviously that page that you're trying to rank has to make sure you're, you know, that's very well targeted through the keyword and you're using those associated keywords. But you also might um something that we do is build content around a particular keyword. So say you're um you know trying to target coffee beans on this one page, we might do a couple of blog articles that are you know, answering questions around that and then, you know, link them back to that main page mm-hmm. and that kind of tells Google that it's not just this one page that's relevant to their search but people are actually, you know, are going to find all this other information on your website and that's just another signal to Google that you are a good, you know, that you're, I guess, an expert on that particular topic. mm mm-hmm.
0: And Carl, you mentioned a few things, keywords. So I just want to go back to that. And let's just, so for people out there like, well, what is this keyword thing? Could you give an example with the coffee bean example about what that particular business might want for their, like what would their, some of their keywords be for the coffee
1: industry? Um, So I guess it depends on, on which page you're trying to rank. I guess if they are like selling coffee beans, one of the, the things that you want to do is make sure that you're targeting keywords that have what we call buying intent. So if someone's searching for buy coffee beans online, like you know that they're going to be actually searching for, you know, they're ready to to buy. Like you said in that example earlier, like they're, they've got their, their credit card out ready to go and they're just looking to find the right one, um, mm-hmm. the right place to buy it from. So yeah, I guess you've got to make sure that you, T- looking at what those keywords actually mean, like because there's different types of intent. Like they could be just looking to research, they could be just trying to find out more information about coffee, and they're not actually at a stage where they want to buy coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be, yeah, at the right at the stage where like they know, okay, we we want to buy some coffee, and they're looking around for it. So you've got to you've got to kind of look at that as well when you're looking at the keywords that people are searching.
0: And it's like, and would you say that keyword research is one of the first things that people would do when we start looking at SEO for a particular business to really get a ground understanding of what's going on for that business and where potentially SEO could take them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like keyword research is the most important thing um, that we do, basically. So it's it's like you've, you've got to kind of have that understanding of what people are searching for. Um, so. Luckily for us, Google releases data of, you know, how many people are searching for a particular keyword each month. Um, And so we're able to look at that and use tools. Um, There's free tools and, and paid tools, which we prefer the paid tools and we get better data from that. But basically, yeah, we look at how, you know, how many people are searching for those keywords. We then go and look at like what, like I said earlier, like what the intent of those keywords are um, because we want to make sure that people are actually closer to the, you know, the buying stage of the, the buyer's journey. They're not just looking for information about it. Yeah. Um, and so, but, yeah, that's keyword research is kind of the foundation of everything we do because there's no point doing all this work sort of optimising your web page for keywords that you think people might be looking for. Um, and then finding that actually there's only ten people a month searching for that,
0: so mm-hmm. you've got
1: to make sure you really do that first. Like that's pretty much always the first step for us in keyword research.
0: And how important is it? I have a beautiful soul in one of my programs, Profit Pillars, and she had written inside of the group because she was new. So she had just started looking at my, you know, my modules and she had started on the hot sink calls hearing a little bit about more about the SEO side of things. And bless her cotton socks, she went and was like, I'm getting this, I'm going to write this article. It's going to help me with my SEO, right? And, you know, and in her brain, because she didn't know what she didn't know because she actually hadn't gotten specifically to the SEO part of the training. And she had said, she's like, so I'm good for my SEO. And I'm like, yeah, not really. Do you know what I mean? Like, And so I just want us to also break down that, like, yes, blog articles, writing for blog articles can help, especially if they're keyword specific, but it's really a collection that you have to work with. It's a collaboration. It's not just one blog article. It's about making sure that your homepage has the right keywords and copy, that your about page does, that your category pages do, that your product individual products of your are econ or a service-based business is done is and then it's like once you have those keywords there's other things behind or underneath the car bonnet i guess you could say like your seo titles your meta descriptions and things like that so when i said to her i was like yes you're making a good headway with writing content that's relevant to your audience and yes you can optimize it but you also have to think about the bigger picture how much would you agree with that
1: yeah for sure um we always, with any SEO strategy, we kind of start off with uh, the key pages. Which, I mean, if you're an e-commerce page uh, website, you might look at like the category pages um, that are going to have, you know, the most sort of search volume, and then then we start going down to like the individual product pages. Um, mm-hmm. With a, a a service-based website, I guess you want to target those service pages. First and foremost, so you want to like optimise them um, because, like I was sort of talking about before, those are the pages that you want to optimise for the people who are like have buying intent. Mm-hmm. So when they're you know when they're looking to actually buy, you're getting them straight to that service page. They're ready ready to buy. Um, whereas the blog articles, that's kind of the secondary thing because that's generally speaking is targeting people that are a bit further behind in the buyer's journey. So they're kind of, they're just looking to research um, and do, you know, they, maybe they know they've got a problem, but they don't know the solution to it yet. So they, you know, you're giving them information about how to solve that problem and sort of pushing them closer to, to a purchasing decision. But those, yeah, those service pages are the most important ones because that's people already ready to, to spend their money. And And so
0: we've talked a lot about what you would call the on-site SEO, Carl, right? Everything that we're looking underneath the hub of your own website. But there's another part of SEO that you typically get to once this initial journey is done. And that's where you start to build, you could say, credits or links or et cetera from other people's websites, which is like that off-site SEO. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that factors into your overall credibility and ranking with Google?
1: Yeah, for sure. So that's that's the second pillar. Um I mentioned earlier there's three sort of main pillars. So that's the second pillar is what we call authority, um, which is basically trying to measure the popularity and trust of your website. Um so search engines like Google sort of work out the authority of your site by looking at what other companies and, and websites are linking to you and talking about you. Um and, you know, sharing you on social media and things like that, because that's obviously, you know, indicators to the search engines that your content is a trusted source of information. Um, Unfortunately, it's also why getting high rankings doesn't happen overnight. Um, It takes some time to build up that authority and get lots of websites linking to you. Um, But to kind of explain it a little bit, so we use a term called link juice in SEO and basically, link juice is the amount of, of ranking power that is passed on um, through a link. So if another website's linking to you, they pass on some link juice to you. And that is that it's kind of like a vote of approval to the search mm-hmm. engines that they trust you. Um, and, but in saying that, like you would kind of expect, if you've got a, a, a link from um, some little blog that no one's heard about, is basically hidden on the internet if they link to you, that's going to be worth, you know, might be worth a tiny little little bit. But if you've got a, a link from like a government website or a big news website like news.com.au, that's obviously going to pass on a lot more authority um, because Google knows that, you know, that's a trusted source. Um, there's, you know, they're very unlikely to to just be linking to spam websites. So Google, you know, they try to think of, all these things to, to work out, um, yeah. That that you are an authority in your industry and you are trusted. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. What we've got to kind of do is go out and and you want to be you know getting featured on blogs and talked about in blog articles and stuff like that on high authority websites. Um, and that is one of the kind of one of the biggest ranking factors in Google is making sure that you actually have you know, more authority than your competitors in that, um, in that respect.
0: And I think what you mentioned there, too, is a very important thing uh, is, and we spoke about it last week's episode with Odette around PR, is that SEO is a long-term strategy. Now, when we say long-term, it doesn't mean that it's 58 years long-term, but it's not a quick fix. No. It's, there's, it's, again, because of the different layers and what we were talking about with Odette last week with PR is that, it's It takes time to build relationships with the journalists and the PR, you know, publicists, et cetera, to get your name out there. It could take five or six months before they can even write an article because if they're running a magazine, it could be they're like a three month advancement, right? So, again, people don't just go, okay, yep, SEO, quick, I've ticked that box, or you think you've ticked that box. It's, I still do monthly SEO with Carl. In fact, 53% of my traffic for the month of February 2021 came from SEO. And we'll talk more about the benefits of it. But SEO is one of the key things because I'm not reliant on Facebook or Instagram for my traffic. I've got multiple channels coming in. Because if Instagram or Facebook closes down, I'm pretty much would be, do you mean in some way screwed, I'd sell my podcast, but I really want to build my own credibility and authority and getting those people there organically versus just be heavily reliant on ads. So it is a long-term strategy, which I'm still working on every single month with you and Lisa, and the benefits clearly pay off. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. So we've got pillar one, we've got pillar two, and what's that third pillar that really makes up those different layers
1: to the SEO? All right. And so, yeah, the third one is the user experience. So Google wants to know that when people go from Google to your website, that they're they're having a good experience on there. Um, They should be able to find that info that they want fast because, you know, there's no point getting people to your website if they can't find what they're looking for or they'll just turn around and head back to Google and and search for someone else. Um, So, and if people do keep leaving your website and going back to a different page, um, Google will quickly drop you out of the rankings because if, if they don't do that, like essentially if people can't find what they want when they're searching in Google, then Google's going to go out of business. Like that's why Google has got so big because they've been really good at showing people the results that they want. So Google has, you know, had to become pretty harsh on that um, to make sure that they, they know that people are actually getting that info on your site. So I guess there's a few different things that come into play here, like you've got web design and development. This is sort of where they um, fill in that gap. So I guess you want your site to look good, but more importantly, you want it to feel good. Um, so you want, you, know, you want to optimize your menus and, and have good, like what we call internal linking throughout the, the site so that you know, people can continue to get more information and stay on your site longer and they can just navigate your site really easy. It also means just laying out the information in a logical and easily digestible way um, so that they can read that information and take everything in well. Um, You also want to look at making sure that your website's mobile-friendly. More people browse the web on their phones and computers now, and Google's obviously pretty open about the fact that they they expect you to provide a good mobile experience um, because that's that's where they get most of their customers so um, yeah i guess it also means ensuring that your website is set up in a, a way that google can read and understand your content so um, having urls with the you know the keywords in your name in the, the url and menu names that reflect the content on that page um, making sure there's no broken links and stuff like that on your website. Because again, like if you're if people are coming onto your website and then they're clicking on a link to find out more and then that just takes them to nowhere, then they just end up going back to Google and looking for someone else. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of the, the three main pillars and you have to really focus on making sure that you're solving all three of those, not just one or two of them. Um, because yeah, Google does look very heavily at each of those.
0: And as we know, it's. Um, I think it was you and I talked about this ages ago, and I just want to make sure I've got the data right. Something about... There's often people like, well, if I do this, I'll be on page two or page three of Google. Yes, that's amazing. I mean, yes, it's amazing compared to page 50. But really, correct me if I'm wrong, from what I remember you teaching me over the years, is that leverage really comes to when you're on page one, spot one, spot two, or spot three. And I think you said that if you're on page one, spot one, it's 25% of the traffic. Is that right? Is typically yours, 15% if you're on page or spot two, and 10% if you're on page Spot three, or what? What are their number? Those numbers again, Carl?
1: Um, so I'll, I'd have to go back to those numbers because I've got um, Lisa handles all of that stuff. But that's mm-hmm. a, a roundabout of figures. Um, yep. But yeah, basically, it's, yeah, if you're not in the top five, you, you're going to get like, if say you're in between positions five and ten, you're only going to get basically a dribble of what's available. You know, the amount of people that are searching. Um, Whereas when you're in that top three, you get a good, good percentage of it because most people just, as long as they see something that stands out to them straight away, they're going to, you know, they're not going to keep scrolling further. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, often we've had, I think even maybe, maybe with you, we had like some keywords that were sitting at around four or five. And you say, like, all right, should we jump on and look at, um, you know, to start targeting these other pages? I said well you know we can obviously but if we get those pages uh, into you know spot three or two which you know takes a bit more work because the as you're you know going from position five to position three takes a lot more work than going from you know position 12 to position nine and so but the amount of traffic that you get from going from spot five to spot three is just like huge so You've got to just kind of not be satisfied with being like, yeah, I'm I'm on the front page, that's all good. Like we've got to get you in that top three spots.
0: And again, that's why it's long term, right? So it's like yeah. you, Lisa, and I—we've got a quarterly strategy that we work on. Then we work on a monthly strategy, and then yeah. we're also measuring this data to see how are we improving? Have we gone down slots? Because again, similar to Facebook's algorithm, Google too stuff goes up and down and fluctuates on any given day. So, yeah. again, it's it's not just an easy this. But I just wanted to kind of highlight to the people listening that spot one, spot two, and spot three on page one are really important factors, and and that. The way that content is delivered, the way that people will hit your site and how traffic is distributed throughout that, that just being on page two and three isn't how, you know, again, back in the olden days, Carl, that may have been okay, where now the playing field has changed tremendously. Yeah. So in regards to SEO, Carl, what do you think? I mean, I've briefly spoken about it earlier about the difference between Facebook ads and Instagram ads, but I'm curious to see what your thoughts are about why is SEO even more important now than ever before and ensuring that businesses have this part of their overall strategy?
1: Um, Well, I guess, yeah, there's more and more people are using search engines in their daily lives to find everything from restaurant recommendations to skincare products. Um, and your target audience is probably searching for products or services like yours. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the, the big thing is that's continuing to grow. Um, also, some of you might have heard of COVID.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it's obviously caused a like, pretty devastating loss for a lot of bricks and mortar businesses especially, um, and it's forced a lot of businesses to move online um, A lot of you know we're seeing a lot of bricks and mortar businesses that are doing e starting to do e commerce online because obviously it's just a lot easier to operate through these crazy times. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it has also created a land of opportunity as more people are are comfortable buying online. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is your competitors are quickly waking up to the opportunity, and so where some people may have been naturally ranking in the past, and they thought, yeah, we're you know we're not even doing much for SEO, but um, they're just naturally ranking because they're in a low competition market. But now that's all sort of turning around and they're being left behind because other competitors are jumping on the the bandwagon. Um, And, you know, going back even five years ago, 10 years ago, especially not many businesses, especially in Australia, um, not that many businesses were taking advantage of SEO and it was a lot easier to rank then. So, I guess the longer you, you leave it, the further behind you might get, and the harder it becomes to actually catch up.
0: Mm-hmm. And again, it's, I mean, I've seen it in my space with particular people. I took a break off of SEO last year during Christmas, I think it was, and even during that small break, right, there were other people who are in my field, uh, my competitors. Again, I'm all about collaboration, but when it comes to SEO, again, I still want to be ahead of the game here, right? It's an equal, it's nice little competition. And again, they, they overtook me in some of those keywords, right? So it's like, if you take the pedal off, that's yeah. okay, but other people might... Might be doubling down on that strategy too, right? So then you've got to, you know, and again, long-term strategy. Now, that's the important element too. And and like I said, is now than ever before, you've got, you know, Facebook in a fight with Apple, for example, uh, yep. what data is going to be showed for retargeting? What isn't going to be re- show, re- retargeted? You've got cost of ads going up on Facebook and it's getting even harder to go there. And Not to mention if you've got a high, and product and, and the amount of time it takes to get someone through the buyer's journey. Whereas again, if someone is searching an SEO for something in specific, it might be a high ticket item, but they more likely might be able to to buy quicker because of the fact that they've made that decision already versus you yeah. having to bring them on that journey. So. Again, I can't em- emphasize enough about the importance of yeah, SEO than ever before. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about, though, is the importance of it. But what have you seen in your years, I use that plural, Carl, uh, of doing this? Have you seen the benefits a business can see when they use SEO in a strategic manner?
1: Um, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, like one of the the big ones is is more sales. So, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, people can more than ten x their sales through SEO um, when it's done right. Then that's that creates all sorts of you know opportunities for growth to grow your business, to have a, a better life at home for your family and things like that. And um, so that's a, a pretty major sort of overarching one. Um, I guess there's the potential for a, a high return on your marketing investment. So like we've spoken about already, um, you get people to your site that are actually actively looking for what you're offering rather than sort of forcing yourself upon them. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Facebook ads and things like that. But, you know, often that's kind of you're sort of pushing your product or your service in front of them, um, like you say, when they're not necessarily looking for it. Um, and both strategies, don't get me wrong, can can have um, amazing results. but that's, that's what we love about SEO and that's why we chose to stick with SEO because I guess that's kind of who I am as well. Like I don't like pushing myself on people. I'm, you know, it's, I'm kind of take it or leave it. This is, this is what we do. Um, and if, if you're looking for that, then let's chat and let's um, help you move forward. Um, another one would be more brand exposure, which I guess is pretty big for small businesses. And so, people who have no idea you exist can discover you when they're searching for what you sell. So, that's the beauty of it is that you know you don't have to be a big name to thrive in search and get yourself in front of lots of people. Um, because yeah, you, you know, people are just looking for a specific product or a service, and if you're you're there, then they're going to find you, even if they've never heard of you before. Um, another thing would be staying ahead of your competitors. So if you believe in what you do, and I'm sure you know if you're listening to this, you you do believe in what you do. You you know probably know that you serve your customers better than the competitors would. So I guess you know to put it back on on you, like you'd be uh, doing them a disservice if you let them into the hands of your competitors. You should be the one to serve them, and so you know that you know you're giving them that good experience that they they're looking for, and um, and then. The other thing, and again, nothing against Google Ads because they've got a, like they've definitely got a, a huge place in marketing. Um, but what I like is that when people search in Google, what you'll find is that a lot of people, um, I guess, look straight past the, the paid ads because a lot of people don't even realize until I mention that, but Google says ad next to the search result for the paid ads. So... A lot of people find that they just naturally scroll straight past the ads and go down to the, the um, organic search results, so the ones that are naturally ranking. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's something that I think you know, has the benefit of getting more traffic for each keyword.
0: I mean, seriously, so many good benefits, right? And like you said, the one about Google Ads. Google Ads definitely have a place, right? And they work really well for some organizations. But mm-hmm. you still can't take the the truth when it's like a lot of times I'm one. I'm exactly that. It's like, okay, great ad. Boop. What's what's actually organically in front of me right and that's obviously because I know what I know but I'm not looking at those ads um so again being able to really focus on getting you in that spot one two or three is going to be to your advantage if so many people are just going past those those ads and just carrying on from it from an organic point of view but would you say though carl seo is it good for every business or is that it depends
1: um yeah it definitely depends it's It's definitely important for a lot of businesses, but not all. I guess there's three big things that it depends on. And that's how many people are searching Google for what you sell, um, how much your offering is, and then also how difficult it is to rank for those keywords. So you know, when we look at how many people are searching Google for what you sell and how much your offering is, like if you've got a $10 offering and there's 50 people searching for it each month, you're probably not going to get much return out of that investment probably Mm. not that worthwhile but if you've got that high ticket ten thousand dollar offering and there's 50 people per month searching for it that's going to look a lot more enticing um so that's one of the big things that you want to you want to look at but the other thing is is how difficult it is to rank for those keywords because you know, if you find that there's all these just huge businesses that are actually actively targeting those keywords and, you know, when people are searching for, for example, let's say, um, you know, buy coffee beans online, just going back to what we said earlier, if, if they're just all dominated by the big companies and there's no chance of really overtaking them because they've got huge budgets, they're spending, you know, investing a lot of time and money on um, SEO and they've got huge authority, then you may find that like there's just not really any keywords that are that you're going to be able to rank for. So again, it just may not be worthwhile um, using SEO to to drive people because it's it is a big investment of time and of money um, to get you know, and it is that that long-term strategy. Um, I guess it
0: goes back to just the importance of that kind of primal thing that we need to do. Is when I'm the question I have to ask you is how can businesses get started with SEO? And I'm assuming we're going to go back to that keyword research because if we don't have the keyword research, which is going to tell us in that report what the volume is, how much, uh, what the difficulty is, what that your competitors are doing, then again we're flying by the seat of our pants, correct? And so the importance of that keyword research report is going to be, you know. Really, the driving force behind everything else that happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, keyword research is always the the key to any um, any you know any SEO strategy. It's the the foundation. So we always suggest before you go optimizing your website for different keywords, don't just go guessing what people are searching for. Like you need to get the actual data through proper keyword research. And I think I said earlier, like there's you know there are free tools like uber suggests that you can do um and even google's keyword planner that you can do your own keyword research but they don't give you all of the data there's a lot more that you've got to to look at when you're doing keyword research um, so i guess like when we're looking at keyword research we look at a few things so first of all you know what are your customers searching for so we want to find out the keywords that are most likely to lead to sales so not just you know what they're searching for but like i spoke about earlier it's also based on the intent like if they're searching because they want to buy and they really they've got their credit card out then um those are the keywords we really want to target whereas a lot of people kind of go you know for example they're selling coffee beans online they think all right let's target coffee um as a a keyword but i mean one that's going to be probably impossible to rank for um, You've got no idea what those people are looking for. Like, are they researching about coffee? Are they looking to buy coffee? Are they looking for a coffee shop? Like who you know, who knows at that point. Um, but yeah. So then, the next thing is to look at how many people are searching for those keywords each month, and that gives you you know a bit of an idea of the size of your market in Google. Um, Then, as I mentioned earlier, then we look at, you know, how difficult it is to rank for them. Mm -hmm. So we want to look at what, you know, who is currently ranking for them and how much authority they have because you don't want to be wasting your time and money going for keywords that you're not really going to have a chance of ranking for. Um, Then we also would look at, like, who or what your competitors are ranking for. So because we're kind of starting off with, like, guessing what people might search for and we're looking using these tools to come up with other potential keywords um another good thing is to actually jump on you know look at your competitors websites and using tools you can see what they're actually ranking for um and then you can kind of make sure that you go and get in front of them um, and target those keywords because you know if they're ranking for them there's a good chance they're relevant for you as well mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: no, perfect. And a lot of times people will talk about Google My Listing. Can you tell us a little bit about what Google My Listing is and how does this impact SEO or not impact SEO?
1: Um so Google My Business listing is basically like that's more for your local search engine optimization. So when people are searching for um you know, for example, a plumber in Sydney, there you know, you want your business to be coming up the top and that's kind of more in like the Google Maps listing. Um and so they'll they'll show those businesses that are close to Sydney. Um and you'll see you know how many reviews you've got in Google My Business and things like that. So that um people yeah, can decide if, if they want to go for you. And so that's definitely important when you're doing the local SEO and you're really just trying to target a specific location. Um, it may not be as important, obviously, for you know when you're going nationwide and you know e-commerce businesses and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, getting getting that Google My Business listing is a pretty easy thing to to sort of set up. Um, the closer you are to where they're looking for, for example, you know if your people are looking for a plumber in Sydney, it, unfortunately, it helps to be as close as possible to the. Um, the center of Sydney that's going to help you show up better, but there's a whole lot of other things that we can talk about, you know, a whole nother topic. I suppose, <laughs>
0: whole other one, yeah. No, I just thought briefly bring in because I know it's something that gets talked about often, and people yeah. I think just go, If I get a Google my business listing, that means my SEO is done, and I'm like, Yeah, again, no, 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 it doesn't. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I just want to really make it transparent that. It it isn't. And same thing by doing one blog, blog article that isn't, that there's a lot of moving pieces that we need to look for, which gets me to my next question is, there's a lot of courses out there, and a lot of these courses are really great for SEO, especially for people beginning. Because as I said earlier, is I've been burned by SEO at the past before I had the opportunity to meet you, and, and I didn't know what I didn't know. So I think it's important that everyone understands SEO, even if they're not the ones implementing the SEO. Yeah. And obviously, doing a do-it-yourself course uh, could be more feasible than, other, than hiring a specialist who's doing it exactly for you. But it also might not, because I think people need to realize is the course might be cheaper, but how many hours are you putting in to try and learn something that might not actually be your zone of genius? And if you look at how much your hourly rate is and how much you're putting in to actually do the SEO on a subject you're not even the zone of genius of, it actually could be costing your business. So I think it's important that I also throw that in there because... It's, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about when you take a course, correct? So my question to you is, is, do you recommend people do their own SEO by taking a do-it-yourself course, or do you say go to a specialist, or do you say, again, it depends?
1: Um, yeah, I'd say it depends, and obviously I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but um, I guess the, the big thing is like it's up to you how much time you have to invest in getting a, a deep understanding of SEO and then also actually going through and implementing it. Um yeah, you could you know learn all the intricacies of SEO and you can do it yourself if you get onto like a good course about it. Um but it takes time and it takes a lot of time really. Um and there's a lot of bad information out there about SEO. So it's easy to go down a thousand um different rabbit holes. And the problem is as well, is that bad SEO can actually hurt you. If you're doing it wrong, it can hurt you. Mm-hmm. So you Know, make sure that you are learning from a good source. You know, like there's Backlinko, um, is someone Brian Dean that we, you know, we trust. And if you're going to look in DIY um, for SEO, you can look down that thing. But I'm a big believer, like you said, in focusing on your zone of genius. Um, and to me, I, I kind of like I said, I'm biased up. I believe in continuously improving your own product or service offering. Um, you've probably got to kick our service or product, and that's why you went into business in the first place. You know, you saw an opportunity to do things differently or to do things better. And so, I guess you've just got to ask yourself that question of like, is doing you know learning about and implementing SEO the best use of your time, mm-hmm. or you know can you hand that over to someone else who does? kind of already understand SEO to a high level that's got a team that can do all of the different moving pieces um, because otherwise does it end up just taking you away from doing what you do best and and working on improving your offering but yeah it's definitely I know that you know that it is quite an investment when you're looking at um, investing in SEO on a monthly basis and so there's a lot of people that can't necessarily afford that um, in the beginning, especially. And so, you know, I guess there's, you know, if you can learn the basics, um, learning a little bit about keyword research and uh, how to sort of implement that and just, but just keeping things as natural as possible so you're not doing anything spammy or anything like that. Um, And you can just start slowly building up naturally. But yeah, I guess
0: again, it I again people do have to look at where they're at, what's more yeah. important, you know all of those things. But for someone who as a business consultant that this is one of the primary foundational elements that I teach to my clients. Uh, Some people get it, other people don't. And that's okay because I'm all about just planting the seed. But when people start testing with Facebook ads, Google ads, Pinterest ads, Clubhouse, and everything else, and they start to see little return on investment, or they're getting people in but they're not actually qualified people who want to buy – again, people start to go, maybe I should try that SEO thing that Ange has been kind of, you know, planting the seed on for a very long time. And as someone who has, like I said, on any given month, 42 to about 55% of my traffic comes from Google on any given month. It's uh, it's, it's something that it's, I am where I am in business because of the strategy that I've included in this, uh, in my overall business strategy. And I know we mentioned keyword reports because it's the starting point. And Carl, you're one of the biggest givers I know uh, and and have known in a very long time. you got a very huge heart. Uh, Also, you know that my big mission is to make sure that additional 2,500 women between now and 2025 actually get the tools, community, and resources they need to grow sustainable businesses. And I know you've got something up your sleeve that you're going to share with us in regards to how businesses can have the opportunity to work with you and get that keyword research done as an initial starting point for SEO. Could you share that with us?
1: Yeah, so I guess what, um, what I'm offering just for, for your people, Ange, because we've obviously worked for, together for a long time and um, yeah, I, I love what you do and and the people that you serve. But we've just got uh, 50% off for the, the keyword research report for um, yeah all of your listeners. So that's awesome. essentially that's going to be yeah, it just depends on how many different um, pages or you know different service offerings you need to do keyword research for. Um, but yeah, you're looking at, usually you'd be looking at $300 per page um, to do the keyword research and we can do that for, for 150 per page. Um, and that's obviously just going to give you that, the foundation so that you make sure you're targeting the right keywords um, and you're sort of, you know, even if you are doing it yourself, at least you've got that part of the the puzzle solved, and so you can make sure that you're you're actually talking about the right things in your content. We give you you know things like how to actually like the other keywords to include in the content. so like I talked about earlier with associated keywords that Google might might associate with. so what we look at is you know the top ten uh, other competitors that are ranking for that particular keyword that we want you to target. And we look at what other keywords they're using as well um, so that you can make sure that you're talking about all the things that Google wants to see on that page. Uh, And obviously if you, if you want um, copywriting and stuff like that um, and you're not comfortable doing it yourself, we can also help there, or you can use, you know, provide that keyword research to a copywriter that you work with or that you want to work with. So that's just kind of, I think, like I said, that's, the keyword research is the, the foundation that any SEO strategy should, re- should really work on. So that's something that I just wanted to make more available for people so that they can get started. No, and I
0: appreciate that. And when Carl says it's literally offered to those that are listening, that's generally what he means and to my community because Carl doesn't go on podcasts. As we know, it takes <laughs> Carl three years to get on a podcast. So yeah. genuinely this offer is not anywhere else. Uh, so I appreciate you willing to do that. Now, where can people look at this particular offer and reach out to you to see if this is the right service for their business?
1: Yeah. So they can go to static shift.com.au slash ang. Um, so in case you can't understand my Kiwi accent, but so that's (laughs) s-t-a-t-i-c-s-h-i-f-t dot com dot au slash ang. And that's, um, yeah, that'll tell you a little bit more about what we offer.
0: That dude, fantastic. Now I have one final question that I like to ask all my guests. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Um, there's so many different things that I wish I knew, but I guess, the biggest thing is um, is ask learning to ask for help. so I guess I kind of grew up with you know having to figure things out for myself and not that I was necessarily forced to, but that's just you know I liked to be challenged and I like to figure things out for myself. so um I struggled in business for a long time because of that. Um, I mean, I did a business degree and learned all the theory, but that kind of turns to crap pretty quick when you actually start a business and you're wearing all these different hats and mm-hmm. um, so I guess there's a few different ways that I started learning to ask for help I first of all ended up um, starting in like a mastermind group and getting mentoring and so having I guess others to share my issues with and learn from and um, all of that has like just done huge things for my business That. That was a, a big thing and then something that I'm really working on now um, is the art of delegation and letting go of control so as you know <laughs> very well and I've um, spent a lot of time a lot of years working you know 60 70 hour weeks for years and that because I wanted to really control everything um, I'm you know humble brag but I knew I was good at what I do <laughs> yeah uh, yeah but I I kind of just held on to everything and, you know, even things that I wasn't necessarily the best at. And I sort of, I wasn't in my zone of genius. I was handling all these things that just because I was like, I didn't trust anyone else to do them because, you know, no one else loves your business like you do. But um, I quickly became a bottleneck and just found that like I was kind of, I was letting my team down, which also, you know, stopped me from serving more people Um, And focusing on my zone of genius and obviously part of you know what we do as entrepreneurs is is we want to serve people like I said earlier you know you probably know that you provide a better service or a product than most of your competitors and it's kind of in you know in everybody's interest that that you get your service out there and that you're focusing on what you do best so, so that you can really serve those people and that's something that I'm really working on it at the moment is starting to, you know, pass things on to my team that I may have held on to in the past and starting to let go of control and I guess letting them make mistakes. That was one of the things I did was like I always jumped in and stepped in to, to stop every mistake. So the team just kind of relied on me um, and that was through my own fault um, mm. because I was just jumping in there before any little thing could sort of go wrong. And I mean, I'm talking even really minor things, but, you know, just, yeah, it just, I just spread myself too thin and and became that bottleneck. And that's something that, um, yeah, it's definitely not good as you want to grow and serve more people.
0: In the growing, that's what I actually did a podcast episode, episode 147, where it was called the power of asking the fastest and smartest way to grow your business, right? The yeah. sooner you can understand the power of asking and what you need to ask for at that particular moment in time, your business will ultimately grow. So again, it's, uh, you know, ask for help, you know, not only in business, but ask for help at home. If you're a mom, you know, and you need a break, ask. If you don't ask, people can't read your mind. And actually, you're the problem, not anyone else, right? So yeah. it's uh, uh, it's it's so important to ask. Now, Carl, thank you so much for giving up your time today. I really appreciate you coming on board. You know, you are one of my favorite humans, so I appreciate spending some more time with you. Too bad it wasn't face-to-face, but one day soon, hopefully with the Kiwi borders opening to Australia, we will get to hang out again, and hopefully you don't ditch me to go to another concert, but that's another story for another day. So thanks for that, Carl. I appreciate that. Give my love to Lisa, but for the rest of you, please remember that my team and I will be uh, putting the whole transcription for this episode over at AngelaHenderson.com.au you where we'll include within the show notes the links so that you can get your keyword research done by carl and lisa uh, we will also give you all, all of other carl's links that he's mentioned here today and for the rest of you i look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks so much carl and have a great day
1: thanks Angie.
0: thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with angela henderson www.angelahenderson.com.au